0: Chiefs, and we proud with the Chiefs, and we're the Chiefs, and are proud the Chiefs, and we're, we're, we're Alright, welcome in, guys. Happy Tuesday. It is a Tuesday edition of the Chiefs Zone podcast. My name is Farzine Vasugian. hope you're all doing well. Hope you all had a great victory Monday yesterday. Now moving on as the Chiefs get ready for the Raiders. On Monday, Christmas Day, happy uh, or Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy holidays fo- to all of you. Celebrating Christmas or not, whatever it is you celebrate, hope you're all having a great week with friends, family, whoever it is you guys are spending time with. Appreciate all the guys making time for this podcast. For those of you watching live on Facebook and on YouTube, or for those watching on the podcast version on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever it may be. Appreciate all of you guys taking the time to download and listen to the chief zone podcast. So I'm going to be doing a couple of episodes this week. I know I mentioned Zach was going to uh, hop on with me for tonight's podcast, but uh, we had a scheduling conflict, not able to, um, to find the time to meet up together. Plus this is an insanely crazy week for me. So that's more on me than it is on him. Uh, but I talked to him. Uh, he'll be on uh, hopefully next week to do a podcast. Uh, obviously next week will be far less hectic, than this week uh that's why i'm doing this one uh earlier than usual uh but uh that's for those who are uh watching and listening live so here's what i want to do uh we are we are not going to do a game preview on this podcast we will save that for thursday the reason we're saving it for thursday is because the chiefs are playing on a monday so wednesday is their day off wednesday is technically a tuesday in the nfl clock world if you guys know what i mean there Um, Whenever teams play on Sunday, here's how the schedule works. Monday is basically like a film study. Uh, Tuesday, they don't practice. Wednesday, uh, Thursday and Friday is when they practice. That is when they implement the game plan and basically practice for that upcoming game. Then Saturday is a walkthrough. If they're traveling on Sunday or if they're traveling for a Sunday game, then they they travel on a Saturday. Um, That's really how the NFL schedule works. So uh, the Chiefs, uh, the first injury report will come out on Thursday. So we're not going to have any media tomorrow, did not have any media today. Uh, And I'm sure today's practice, uh, if you want to call it, that is a pretty light one. Uh, If they had one, even today, tomorrow, they're definitely off practice. So that's why we're going to do our game preview podcast on a Thursday, because that is when we'll have more information, especially regarding Isaiah Pacheco, who is expected to play. And we'll get into that a little later on. Before we go any further, I want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Just thinking about some of the events I've attended this year. Went to Allegiant Stadium a few weeks ago to watch the Chiefs and Raiders play. That was a lot of fun. Went to the season season opener, the NFL kickoff game this year at Arrowhead against the Lions. Went to the big slick Royals game earlier this year. Uh, Went to the Vegas Golden Knights Western Conference Finals, the second game of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Those are some of the events I've attended. And that is all thanks to my friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek gives you the best tickets to any event, whether it's sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, whatever it may be, you can get them all from SeatGeek.com. If there's a green dot next to the ticket that you want to purchase, that means you're getting it for a good price. If there's a red dot, avoid it. You're paying way too much. That's all I appreciate about SeatGeek. And in fact, speaking of money and how much you're spending, you can save $20 from SeatGeek if you are a first-time customer. All you have to do is put in my promo code FARZINE and you will save $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. That is SeatGeek.com, promo code FARZINE at checkout, and you can save $20 if you are a first-time customer. Scott says, Farzine, do you eat anything else but pizza? Oh, no, I definitely eat other things. I don't know why this is a question. But the reason I am going to make a big deal about this question is because we just started a new segment exclusively on Facebook. It is called Farzine's Taste Test Tuesday. Say that three times in a row. Taste Test Tuesday. Um, So uh, you guys heard the news, I'm sure. Patrick Mahomes has signed a deal with Prime Energy Drink. And I've always I've been wanting to do like a taste test type of segment for quite some time. And every a Prime Energy Drink is one of the things I've wanted to uh wanted to test. And it just so happens that Patrick Mahomes signed with uh Logan Paul and KSI and Prime Energy Drink recently. So, um yeah. Uh did that and that is um that is actually uh, a thing now, Taste Test Tuesday. Uh, we are actually going to be doing a uh, pizza change soon, Scott. So glad uh, glad you asked. <laughs> glad you asked. Got off work early uh, enough to catch a live stream. Oh, awesome, Robert. Appreciate you. Never too late. You can. Hey, even if you don't get to catch us live, you can l- listen to the podcast version. The videos on Facebook and on YouTube are always archived, so you can always check those out there. Jim says, I wish Tony would catch the ball and help Mahomes out instead of doing what he does. Yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that, Jim, for sure. Uh, we'll uh, get into that. By the way, if you guys have questions, comments, whatever you guys have on your mind, please uh, comment below. Let me know your thoughts on uh, whatever's on your mind. Um, this is going to be similar to a Red Friday live chat, uh, which, by the way, will return this Friday. Um This is going to be similar to a Red Friday live chat because we're not doing a game preview, and I'm doing a makeup podcast since we didn't do one last week while I was on vacation. So uh, this is an opportunity to ask some questions that you may have, and let me know your thoughts or if you have questions or uh, comments you just want to get out there, that works as well. Uh, The news came out on Monday. Andy Reid shared that Isaiah Pacheco is set to play on Monday against the Raiders. Now, how does that help the Chiefs? Well, I think you're, even though the running backs, Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, played well, uh, played very good, actually, uh, on Sunday against the Patriots, I, I think what you're looking at here when you think of Isaiah Pacheco, first of all, this is your number one running back on the team. Second of all, when you consider the fact that there are just some um, weaknesses on this offense, um, and we already went into went, went into it with, um, with Jim's comment about Kadarius Toney, Listen, man, you're just looking for reliable people at this point, and I'll get into who we trust and who we don't trust because coming down to this point, didn't think we would ever have this discussion, but here we are talking about that right now. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is a reliable piece for Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense right now, 100%. And I think this is one of those situations where and I'm very curious to know because and I know some people are saying shoulder surgery already coming back which I can understand now it is it was a cleanup procedure and I think Darius Tony had something similar early in training camp and that's what makes it minor and that's what allows him to come back sooner than what someone would normally anticipate uh I'm curious to see what his snap count is. And not that you know any coach or team wants to take a team lightly, but let's be honest, it is the Raiders. Yeah, I know they scored 60 billion on the Chargers. Whoop-de-doo. Um, I, I'm I'm sure as hell impressed, right? Uh, but ultimately, here's the thing. Um, you don't ever want to overdo it with Pacheco. Here's the thing: we've always talked about Pacheco's toughness. <laughs> The thing about this guy is he will run into a guy. He is not afraid of that physical contact. Whereas a lot of ball carriers, whether it's running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, they try to avoid that contact, try to make a defender miss. Isaiah Pacheco doesn't do that. He just welcomes the head-to-head collision. Um, I mean, it's nice to see that toughness, but it's also a bit of a concern like, oh boy, what if he get hurt again? Um, Cause that, and I'll say this: I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think Isaiah Pacheco's biggest play to date was when he got hit really hard in the Super Bowl and held on to that football on that final drive right there. A lot of players, I, I mean, even the best receivers, tight ends, running backs, they might fumble the ball in that situation. Think about it: like Isaiah Pacheco took probably. One of the biggest hits. This is the thing with Tyree Hill, who who took a big hit in that Titans game on Monday night last week where the Dolphins lost. And a lot, it kind of makes sense why Tyree Hill runs out of bounds so much. Obviously, we're, we're used to seeing that here in Kansas City because he's so small. He's going to lose a lot of those battles going, you know, head to head against another defender because he's smaller than so many of the other defenders. Um and I don't mean to compare Pacheco to um, to Tyreek Hill. But the point is, you know, Tyreek Hill, because of his size, runs out of bounds a lot. Pacheco, very rarely do you see ball carriers do this. He just goes, yeah, let's go. Let's effing go. That's what Pacheco does whenever he sees a defender coming at him. Uh, he welcomes that. The other big piece of news we got on Monday was that Sky Moore has been placed on IR due to a knee injury. And I think I saw Jesse Newell tweet this where he looked back uh, at the tape and saw the final play Sky Moore had in Foxborough. And he slipped on um, on his last play there. Uh, Obviously, very unfortunate there now kind of like the Donovan Smith thing. Are people losing sleep over this? No. And I am seeing some things that I definitely would not condone about uh, comments about injuries for sure. Uh, But I will say this. I mean, if we're just being completely honest here, uh, Sky Moore has been more of a liability than a reliable receiver for the Chiefs. And I think, uh, you know, let's have this conversation for a brief moment here. I don't want to make a, make this a, a, a whole segment here, but, Have we seen Sky Moore take his last snap in a Chiefs uniform? This is a guy that was taken in the second round last year. When you take guys in the first round, the second round, those are guys that can definitely play, uh, start and play a lot of snaps for you. Um, Third round picks, kind of a toss-up there if um, if they get significant playing time. But I think we are at a point right now where with Sky Moore, I think there's a possibility we have seen Sky Moore take his final snap with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have some decisions decisions to make this offseason. If you're the general manager of the Chiefs, Brett Veach, if you're a scout for the Chiefs, you're obviously looking at this wide receiver core here, and you know there are, there's going to be some changes this offseason, 100%. Um, you're thinking about that right now, uh, and you're wondering if guys like MVS, Kadarius, Tony Sky, and Moore, if they're going to be back, and who can you replace them with? And I was talking to Zach about this, You don't need top-tier, heavy type of... uh, You don't need Jerry Rice. You don't need Randy Moss. You don't need Terrell Owens at that position. You just need someone that can catch. A lot of wide receivers have good speed. Now, obviously, some much greater than others, but at the end of the day, you know 100% when the Chiefs are going after receivers in free agency and in the draft, the number one thing they're going to look at is can they catch unfortunately Sky Moore has been uh, guilty of some drops this year uh and that could potentially cost him moving forward during his time in Kansas City let's talk about who we trust now because it is time to talk about what expectations we have from this offense because, the, guy, the core guys you have, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, you trust those guys. Noah Gray, I think is a guy that a lot of people like. I, wrote, I posted about him on Facebook, seeing what you guys thought about Noah Gray, and there were a lot of positive comments about him. Jarek McKinnon, seems like we're starting to see that version of Jarek McKinnon come up late in the season. Uh, obviously started last week. Can we see it again on Monday when the Chiefs play host to the Raiders on Christmas? And I'll say this too, Clyde Edwards Alaire, he had a nice catch in the end zone. And I know a lot of people would say, well, it was just one catch. Yeah, I I know. And I listen, I am just as guilty as anyone else criticizing Clyde Edwards Alaire. But given the circumstances we're at right now with Kadarius Tony in the same game, mind you, what we saw from Tony, I think we're all at a point right now where we would rather see the Chiefs line up CEH in some. As, as like a slot receiver and maybe take some snaps away from Kadarius Toney. Um Now, are the Chiefs going to do that? I don't think so. And I saw Rich Eisen say this on his show. He says, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep going to him because they need him with the skill set he possesses. And I know that I know this is such a, a big deal, too. Uh, let's just go back in Chiefs history a little bit. Not, uh, um... Not, you know, deep into the history books. Uh, we can go in recent history here. Remember Dexter McCluster drafted in 2010. Everyone made such a big deal about his speed, and he got a lot of comparisons to a local guy here, Darren Sproles, who obviously played at Kansas State, went on to have a very good career in uh, uh, in uh, San Diego with the Chargers. And, of course, everyone remembers that game, that wildcard game where the Chargers pulled off a huge upset over the Colts, uh, led by Peyton Manning at the time, and that was all because of Darren Sproles. And I'll say this right now, this is one of the very rare occasions where I was rooting for a division rival in a playoff game, all because of Darren Sproles. And, you know, even if that guy wasn't a local kid, it's like, how can you not cheer for the guy? He's so small and so good at what he does. Uh, Dexter McCluster did get some Darren Sproles comparisons. Uh, Another guy that got compared to Darren Sproles coming out of college was De'Anthony Thomas. Now, when you look at Dexter McCluster, who only played one season uh, under Andy Reid, when you look at De'Anthony Thomas, who had some opportunities uh, with this team, including with Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to him, those are two guys right there who have the skill sets you want. Uh, when you look at Tyreek Hill, again, obviously no one can compare to Tyreek Hill, uh, but Kadarius Toney, he did draw some... Tyreek Hill like comparisons. I think when you look at Dexter McCluster and DeAnthony Thomas and the things that they're capable of doing with their feet when they have the football, you look at that and you kind of think of Tyreek Hill type of skill sets right there, where you can make a defender a juke the speed, the quickness, the agility, those kinds of things. Um, so with Kadarius Tony, you know you're at a point now where okay. He had a ball bounce off his hands for a pick six in week one. He had a ball bounce off his hands that didn't go for a pick six, but came very close to a pick six. It essentially gifted the Patriots a very easy touchdown when their offense took over. Uh, Even the worst offense could have gone out there and uh, got a touchdown drive out of that because of how close uh, the defense brought them. Here's my thing, because we all know what Kadarius Sony's capable of, and, I, and I've seen some Chiefs fans remind everyone, and I did this in week one when he had that bad game. He had the biggest punt return in Super Bowl history. I'm very well aware of that moment. This is not Super Bowl 57. We're not here to talk about Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs are trying to hold on to the top spot in the division, which I think they will, and they're trying to... Compete for the number one seed. And I don't think they're going to get the number one seed. I think it is far too far out of reach. We will go over the uh, remaining games uh, in a moment. But when you look at what Canarius Tony has done for this team this year, he has hurt this team uh, far more than helped. His only touchdown this year was against the Denver Broncos. And by the way, his second touchdown came against... The Buffalo Bills, the one that got called back. And you know what? Here's my thing about that Buffalo Bills play. And I'm not here to talk about uh, the lining up and the warnings and whatnot. We're past that. Here's why I bring that up. Because I think Kadarius Tony kind of got what he deserved on that play. How hard is it to score a touchdown in the NFL? Well, for the if you're a Chiefs wide receiver, it's pretty difficult to do this year. Scoring a touchdown is already difficult enough. So whenever you score a touchdown, you see these players celebrating, uh, especially some of their choreographed celebrations, which is cool to see. I, I, I'm glad the NFL's allowed that more this year. But when you look at touchdowns in general, they're very difficult to do. Rasheed Rice leads the team in touchdowns this year with seven. Travis Kelsey second on the team with five. Okay, now, Rasheed Rice, obviously a wide receiver. Travis Kelsey, of course, a tight end. Uh, next best, Jarek McKinnon. He's got four touchdowns on the year. He's a running back. Uh, these are touchdown catches, by the way. Just looking at touchdown catches. Now, uh, the, uh, who was fourth on the list? There's a tie between Justin Watson and Noah Gray for a pair of touchdowns each. After that, you have Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, Blake Bell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, Marquez valdez scatling and Isaiah Pacheco, each with one touchdown. You have three wide receivers on there, guys who get a lot of snaps, KT, Moore, and MVS. The three guys who were expected to be your top three wide receivers at the beginning of the season, they each have one touchdown on the year. When you look at Kadarius Tony's stat line, he has the same amount of catches as Sky Moore. Each of them have, or excuse me, they each have the same targets with 38. Now KT has 27. Sky Moore is 21, um, yet Sky Moore on fewer receptions, six fewer receptions, has far more yards. Sky Moore has 244 yards. Kadarius Tony off 27 catches has 169 yards and is averaging 6.3 yards per catch. To give you an idea, Blake Bell has three catches on the year and he's averaging the same amount as Kadarius Tony, 6.3 yards per reception. That's not good. Um, I mean, again, we're talking about Tony, a guy who has great speed. Um, Not Tyreek Hill's speed, but still very good speed. This is a guy that can outrun a lot of defenders on the field. Can probably outrun a lot of offensive players in the NFL today. But you're only averaging 6.3 yards per reception? I mean, every wide receiver on this list, except for McCole Hardman, and Richie James, they're averaging at least 10 yards per catch. MVS has almost 16 yards per catch. I know he's been criticized a lot lately, but man, at least he's getting some yardage. You're not getting that with Kadarius Tony. So I understand the Chiefs not wanting to give up on Kadarius Tony because of his skill set and what he has. And I've been saying that for a long time this season, but What's the use of these skill sets if you're not catching the ball and even worse, it's coming out, going off your hands and to the defender. Uh, That's why I think the tough part right here with, with Kadarius Tony is, you know what he's capable of, you know, he's got, uh, he possesses all these great skills, especially his speed, but he's not doing you a whole lot of good right now. He's hurting your team far more than helping Again, Let me read that stat line to you. 27 catches for 169 yards. He has more catches than Sky Moore. Sky Moore has more yards. He has more catches than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has, I think, just about double the amount of yards. Let me just double check on that real quick. Uh, Okay, uh, almost double. Almost double, like MVS has seven fewer catches and is close to doubling the amount of yardage Tony has. Again, MVS is a guy that a lot of people have been criticizing this year. Um, That's not good. I know he's a running back, but Clyde Edwards, alert, he's got 13 catches for 137 yards, about 32 yards behind KT right now. Um, so I think if you're the chiefs, you got of have to ask yourself. Um, yeah. And I've been very critical of the coaching staff with Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Connor Embry with how the wide receivers have been this year. Um, but I think with Tony, especially with how good he was last year coming in mid season from a trade, what is it about Tony that has changed so much in one off especially when you have a full off season to at least work with Patrick Mahomes before the draft, get acclimated with the offense, have an understanding of where things are going to be. Um, Cause we all saw the pictures of Mahomes practicing with all the wide receivers in Texas on their own. Uh, you look at last year when KT joined the chiefs, he had 14 catches for 171 yards. He had less catches and more yards last year. He already has more catches this year but has less yard. he has two less yards. Now, eventually that's going to change, but understand something, he played seven games last year with the chiefs, 13 games this year with the chiefs so far. That is what that, that is a difference maker right there. And by the way, in, in terms of yards per catch, 12.2 yards per catch last year, just with, with the chiefs. um yeah, that is almost double what he has right now. His longest catch is 18 yards. Again, like the numbers just aren't really a good look this season when you compare him to last year where he played fewer games because he uh, joined the team midseason. Let me read some of you guys' comments here. Logan says Andy Reid shows he's working with what he's got a little better. I think I sh- it showed in New England. Yeah, 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 yeah certainly. Um, let's see. Sam says maybe with all his endorsements, Patrick will take a cheaper deal and we can stop bargaining, uh, shopping on, on wide receiver. Okay, bargain shopping uh, is what you meant. Here's the thing somebody asked this on Sunday, too, and I've said this before, and I think I'll, I'll say it again. You know, when you look at quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts, guys who have been to a Super Bowl recently, and then when you look at guys like Lamar Jackson, who's only he's one in three in the playoffs. Justin Herbert, whose only playoff game is him blowing a 27 nothing lead. Um, I mean, what, what is with these guys getting top five, not just top five money. This is like an insane amount of money. And I go back to the running backs who were complaining during the preseason and, and training camp, wondering why aren't we getting what we're worth? And they're right because you're paying these quarterbacks far more money than they truly deserve. Again, I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes or if you're Lamar Jackson, I think we're seeing quarterbacks, all of them being heavily overpaid right now. Um, This is getting to a point where it's like, okay, you have your quarterback. Great. But you are paying them way too much to the point where if you pay two or three more guys top dollar at their positions, then it's going to be very difficult to bring in the help you need this offseason. So if the Chiefs are not able to do that through free agency, well, Patrick Mahomes has no one to blame but himself on this one because you want all this money. You saw all these other guys surpass you for how much money uh, you want, and then you redid your deal to beat Joe Burrow when Burrow got his deal right at, uh, I think, the same night when the Chiefs were playing the Lions. So to me, it's like, you're getting all these sponsorships and then you still want to be uh, the top dog at your position money wise. I I don't get it. That's a really good question, Sam. Uh, Jim says, Richie James does good on kick returns. I wish they used James more on offense. No, I agree with this. Um, I would like to see, I would like to see the chiefs use Richie James more. Um, I think you saw a little bit of that in the game this past Sunday, Richie J when you think about, by, by the way, The guys you don't trust, Blake Bell, I know it's just one play, but this late in the season, with all the issues you're having, you just can't afford for that to happen again. Blake Bell essentially giving up on a play against a rookie linebacker who got an interception. And then KT, MVS, you just don't trust those guys right now. Who are you hoping can step up? Justin Watson, yeah, he's been your second-best wide receiver this year, but he's also been guilty of a lot of drops. And listen, Rashid Rice has been your best wide receiver this year, too, but he's had some fumbles uh, that he's been dealing with this year. Richie James, we just kind of talked about him. He's got some good speed, too, so maybe he can help out. McCole Hardman, there's a chance that he can come back before the end of the regular season. Are you holding out hope that he can maybe revert back to how he played his first two years here in Kansas city. Justin, I'm seeing a lot of people get all hyped up about Justin Ross. We've been hearing about Justin Ross for a couple of years now, and we have not seen that, uh, Justin Ross to be excited about. I know he was away due to a legal matter that is now over with and put in the past. How much opportunity is Justin Ross going to get now? I don't know. Um, And if he does get a lot of opportunities, which I suppose at this point, who's opposed? Is he going to be the Justin Ross that we're all hoping he's going to be? Because I remember uh, last year in OTAs, before he was out for the year with the injury, the Chiefs and their social media team put out a, a clip of him running a route without a defense. And people were all going crazy about it. I'm like, why? He's running a route with no defense present. I'm not... I'm not really ready to be hyped for this guy. Yeah, sure. I know he's got the potential. I understand that. Even people outside of Kansas City know what this guy's capable of and understand why he was not drafted. But this is—I'm at. I will believe it when I see it. That is where I'm at with Justin Ross. Um, and we haven't even come close to seeing it. In fact, in the Minnesota Vikings game. Justin Ross had a couple of drops in that one. So this this has been an issue all across the board with the wide receivers, which is why I've been critical of the coaching staff. But yeah, we're hoping that those guys, Watson, James, Hardman, Ross, like those guys, you're hoping one, maybe two of those guys can be your saving grace for the season this year. And I'll say this too, because watching DK Metcalf make a huge play in traffic last night, uh, uh, which we'll get into that game later against the Eagles, I mean, man, that was impressive. That was very impressive. By the way, when I was on vacation, I was watching the Ravens and Rams game. That was the same uh, day the Chiefs played the Bills. And obviously, uh, as a Chiefs fan, you're watching that with very strong interest because you're hoping the Rams can pull off the upset and help the Ravens fall a little bit in the standings. And I'm watching this game, and I'm seeing two rookie receivers, Zay Flowers and Puka Nakua, who are making spectacular catches in this game. Uh, Now, don't get me wrong. I think the Chiefs are very happy with Rasheed Rice. If he can work on those turnovers and drops a little bit, they'd be even more happier with him. But it is hard to watch other rookie receivers. And if you watch some college football, you see a lot of young receivers in the college game who are making big plays, hoping to get noticed by some NFL scouts. And then you look at the Chiefs receivers and you're thinking, man, It's kind of embarrassing seeing all of these other rookie receivers, these college receivers make spectacular plays, but MVS dropping a a catch that every receiver dreams of having thrown at them wide open, beating a a defender and going to the end zone, being able to get an easy touchdown there. Uh, Kadarius Tony, we've seen, we've already gone over it. Well, it's happened to him a lot. So this has been kind of the tough part is seeing all of that. And, um... You know, you're hoping uh, the the Chiefs' running backs this year have been more reliable than Clyde Edwards. alaire hasn't done anything to hurt this team, has he? Been playing great? No, not at all. But he's not uh, doing things that are setting this offense back in a major way. So, why not use Clyde Edwards alaire more in the passing game? Let's do it, man. Let's see it. I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll take him over Tony right now. Whatever the target targets Tony's getting, not opposed to using that on jet or or Clyde at this point. And when I say jet, I, I'm referring to Jarek McKinnon, but McCole Hardman could be coming back soon, so why not? let's I, I'm not opposed to that either at, at this rate. Not one bit. Well, you've been working hard all year, and you have some extra money to spend, so you decided to treat yourself or a loved one to a new car for the holiday season, but you don't know where to go. I know where you should go. Cable Dahmer Cadillac in Kansas City. I purchased a brand-new Cadillac from Cable Dahmer this year, and I love it. Go ask for Scott Toddy. My brother purchased a car from him last year, and this year I went to him. To get my Cadillac, Scott is one of the best in the biz, professional, honest, knowledgeable, and will help you with your car buying needs. New or used, Cadillac or non-Cadillac, Scott is the guy to go to. But it doesn't end right there, because when you buy a new vehicle, especially a brand new Cadillac, there are so many bells and whistles that you need help being introduced to with these features that you have probably never had in a car before, such as Wi-Fi for your vehicle, OnStar, the technology package, Park Assist, Super Cruise, so many things. Well, Mike from Dharma Cadillac gave me a thorough rundown of everything I need to know, and by the time I left the dealership with my new Cadillac, I knew everything I needed to know about my new Cadillac XT6. If you need your car service, by the way, go see my guy Brock Smith, the best service specialist you will find. He will explain to you everything you need to know if something is wrong with your car. For the General Motors vehicle, such as Chevrolet, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, take your car there, ask for Brock Smith, and he will get you taken care of. I always need things to be explained in the simplest forms, and Brock does it every time he explains it to me like I'm five so I know exactly what's going on with my vehicle anytime something's wrong with it and as you should your car is essentially your baby go to Cable Domer Catalog off 435 on 103rd between State Line and Warnell ask for Scott Toddy tell him Farzine sent you all right I'm gonna read some comments here uh, I know there's a lot here so let's catch up on some of those right now Robert says do you think we stand a chance against the Ravens I do um, I think Lamar Jackson, you know, we, we've seen this Ravens team struggle against some good defenses this year. Uh, and I think they would definitely have their issues against the, um, against the chiefs. Sam says Pacheco reminds me of a smaller priest Holmes. say so I've never thought of it that way, but that's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. And then Sam's other comments, Sky, MVS and Tony all need to go. Yeah. I think a lot of people do, um, Do agree with that right there. Here's something I asked on Twitter. I haven't asked this on Facebook, but what if the chiefs do change their wide receivers coach Well, a lot of people, including me think is the issue. Um, and again, the reason why I think is the issue is because it's not just one or two receivers. It's the entire receiving core, um, that is just dropping passes this year. So I'm kind of wondering if, if coaching is, is playing a role in this, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I did put, put that out there, uh, though I don't think a lot of people want to see Tony come back. But as we think uh, we have uh, seen the last snap from Kadarius, Tony. Jim says, I hope they cut MVS. Charlene says, I give him uh, this guy more, I believe, a pass last season because he is a rookie. Oh, you're talking about um, uh, 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 Rashi Rice. Uh, I think it takes time for some rookies to adapt to the NFL out of college. See, I, I, I'm not dismissing what you're saying, but I think at the same time, we're willing to give him a pass because he's the only wide receiver that we can look at and say that he's playing great uh, by this team's standard. Not really saying much because he's had some issues too this year, but he's still been far more productive than MVS Moore and and, and Tony combined. That's how bad it's been combined. Uh, we can't bargain shop at that position either. Enough is enough. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, a lot of people uh, talking about needing changes at the receiving position. Yeah, Clyde Lair had a great game. 101 yards of total offense from him. Good. That's good to see. Clyde showed up. All of our receivers on that one play. Yeah, he. That's That's my thing, man. That's my thing is that catch right there. I I thought about this earlier today. Because I watched the Chiefs snap for snap just like uh almost all of you. Um and I thought about this. What's like the best catch from any Chiefs player this year? Now, I'm sure there's, like, one, maybe two, and I've kind of forgotten about it. Perhaps it's been overshadowed by all the bad play this year. But what, like, spectacular catch have you seen in a Chiefs game this year? Because I'm trying to think, and I truly cannot think of one. Um, Like, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the end zone on uh, Sunday against the Patriots? Like, that might be the one right there. And what's number two behind that? I, I don't really know. I'm not sure if there is one. Watson is a keeper, too. Yeah, and I think he's good for depth purposes. But when you compare him to, to the rest of the team, he's better than all, all the guys that you had high expectations from, like MVS Moore and Tony. Gwen says, when did Pacheco get injured after uh, at a Packer or a few plays prior against uh the Packers uh yeah that's a really good question I don't know if it happened when he swung at the Packers player I don't think that was when it happened maybe it did I don't know but um yeah I'm not 100 sure Bud says he trusts Rice Gray Kelsey McKinnon and Bell okay Tyler says Patrick Mahomes does not trust Tony. I think the Chiefs should have him on pun returns or in the backfield in the uh, like the 49ers do with Debo Samuel. Yeah, I saw Mitchell Schwartz put out that suggestion about uh, just handing the ball off to him, but hopefully he doesn't fumble Good. again. Um, as far as having him on pun returns, I'm not opposed to that at all. Uh, we haven't seen Tony do a lot on special teams, but when he has been there... He's definitely made play. By the way, like, I I know the way a punt returner receives a ball and the way a wide receiver receives a ball different. But, you know, whenever a punt's going to a punt returner, if Kaderis Tony is there, I'm going to be shielding my eyes, like, in fear. Like, one of those, like, you can't watch type of things. Uh, Noah Gray has better hands than Blake Bell. I agree with this. And I think Blake Bell has, or excuse me, Noah Gray has become a more viable option at uh, tight end too. Uh, I remember when they drafted Noah Gray, I was not very excited about this. Some Chiefs fans were, and I really didn't see much in Noah Gray. These last two years, I think, Noah Gray has really showed something. And and I know I think we miss Jody Fortson compared to what's going on right now. I've always liked Jody Fortson. I think Jody Fortson, you know, being so low on the depth chart has done a lot on few opportunities. Um, I I don't know how much of a difference he would make right now with this team, given the struggles on offense. But I certainly would wish that he was around. Um, I'll take him over Blake Bell for sure. And I like black Belt too, by the way, I think, you know, you can do some creative things with him, not just the tight end sneak, but other things. I mean, look, I, it would not surprise me if the chiefs brought back the tight end sneak. I think the chiefs made it very obvious for quite some time. We saw it get stuffed in the preseason game against the saints, but uh, would not shock me one bit. If the chiefs do bring back the tight end sneak and do a, uh, do the tush, per- by the way, You know, this tush push, I know a lot of people have been attempting it. I know the Minnesota Vikings had two horrific attempts against the Bengals. I know earlier this year, the Chiefs attempted an awful tush push um, against the Broncos, where, where they were lined up in field goal formation, and then they lined up in QB sneak formation. And it's like, you have Harrison Bucker just chilling back there, and then you have Tommy Townsend as one of the two guys trying to push the quarterback. It's like... I don't know if I want my punter to be the tush pusher, okay? Um, But if you have, uh, if you, let me just say this. Take Mahomes off the field for a tush push, okay? Who do you have on the field? You probably have Kelsey, Bell, Gray. um, Maybe Pacheco uh, from the back, from the backfield. I would love to see the Chiefs chiefs uh attempt to tush push with that unit right there you have creed humphrey and two phenomenal interior offensive guards in um trey smith and joe tooney you can do it 100 do i think the chiefs will do it as often as the eagles i don't know but i'm surprised we have not seen that attempt maybe andy reed saving that for the postseason i don't know i'm, I'm just throwing that out there Charlene says, am I the only one who holds their breath during partner turns? Yeah, I, I kind of just said that. Yeah, uh, but that is more with Kadarius Tony. Um, Here's a weird thing, too, about muff punts. Like, if a punter has a really bad punt, but if it's... If the ball's going in the center of the field, that can kind of go your way sometimes. Like, if the ball just bounces the way you need it to bounce, and if it just hits... What are the members of the return team? Boom, just like that, you know, it's a live ball. Um, so oddly, like whenever you see a bad punt, sometimes it can really go your way, depending, you know, where the punt is where the ball is going. Hands and ability to get yak yards are very important factors. Yeah, I would say that. Uh let's see. Sheila just uh, put the uh, letters KT and a bunch of axe emojis. <laughs> uh, Mo says, "Do you think the Chiefs give themselves a mini buy by resting the starters against the Chargers?" No, I don't think so. Um, unless you know, win or lose, they their standing will not change. Yes, that I see. Andy Reid's done that a few times, actually. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I think you're still going to have an opportunity to either fight for or defend the two seed. And I'll get into that uh, shortly because I think that is very important. Uh, Charlene says that might have gone to some of their heads and came into the season not focused. Oh, you're referring to the Super Bowl win. Yeah, I think that's part of it. When that dude came last year, I was, oh, you're referring to Tony. I was super excited for what was to come after being here this year. I understand why the Giants booted him. Yeah. And even when he got traded, like Kadarius, Tony got into it with Giants fans the moment the trade happened and still like, and by the way, it's funny, Giants fans, like for Giants, it's kind of like how all these teams that hate the Chiefs, like Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, Bengals. Bills, uh, like whenever they see the Chiefs lose, that is their Super Bowl because they're not going to win a Super Bowl. Whenever you, whenever Kadarius Tony struggles, that is the Super Bowl for New York Giants fans this year, which I find really funny because their team sucks this year and they overpaid Daniel Jones. So congratulations. Um, Let's see here. Trace says, here's a good question. Percent wise, break down where we lose a majority of our games. Um I think you're asking like pie chart wise what costs us to lose games I mean I would say 75% of it 75 to 80% of it is drops not holding onto the ball um the the drop against the Eagles from MVS the uh, Kadarius Tony and his hands, ball going off his hands for a pick six in uh, the Lions game, and then not c- pulling away with the uh, catch uh, later in the, in the game in the fourth quarter. Same with Sky Moore who had a chance, uh, even on that fourth and 25 play um, had a chance there. Uh, the Bills game, you know, it's KT lined up uh, offside and it was him who scored the touchdown. His own touchdown was taken away because of his own mistake. Uh, which, you know, I kind of think, you know, you deserve that. And if you're not waking up from that, and if you're still dropping passes, man, what are you doing? What what wake-up call do you need at this point? Uh, What was the other loss? Um, The Bills, the Eagles, the Lions I mentioned, the the Broncos game, uh, the the, the offense was just bad. Um, Also special teams. Uh, What was the other loss? The drops have been so bad, it's, it, it, it's hurt my ability to remember all the losses. Um. Oh, the Packers game. Yeah. I don't think drops were an issue in that one, but the offense still, you know, came out flat in the, in the red zone. Kind of like in the Eagles one, too, with Travis Kelsey fumbling. Andy Reid alluded that Justin Ross is having a hard time learning the playbook. Catherine says, yeah, there was also a report about this earlier this year. Um, This was the same week where the legal matter came out about Justin Ross. He hasn't had an easy time picking up the offense. So, yeah, and I don't know why. Again, I don't know if it's the wide receivers coach, if it's him, if it's Nagy, what it is. But, yeah, he um, he has had a difficult time with it this year. Robert says, I'm just glad one of my teams is genuinely, quote, exciting to watch. It has been absolutely electric this year. To watch uh, the play by the Sacramento Kings. Okay, there you go. You know, I got my Vegas Golden Knights. You got your Sacramento Kings, so I get it. (laughs) GBG says we need to let KT go. MVS needs to go. Yeah, a lot of people have heard that a time or two. GBG also says we can't keep Chris Jones either. Yeah, this is going to be very difficult because LeJarrius Sneed is having an awesome season. Um... You got to keep him around. Like, I think it's so important for the Chiefs to ha- keep the duo of Sneed and McDuffie and also keep the duo of Humphrey and Smith. You got to keep those guys. You have to 100%. Um. And yeah, if you keep Chris Jones, you're probably not going to be able to keep those other guys. Nick Bolton's another guy too, to keep in mind. I think Drew Tranquil signed a one year deal. I know a lot of Chiefs fans would love to see him come back. Got a lot. I love Chris Jones, man. I really, really do. And he listen. He did that interview um, on Sunday Night Football, uh, the pregame show. And he said, he's like, realistically, this might be my last year. And I think Chris Jones is speaking from a business side of things where it's like, listen, yeah, you want the money you want, great. But if you do that, you hurt your chances of keeping all these other guys. And the Chiefs really need those other guys. Um, I think, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan and you love Chris Jones just as much as I do anyone else, I think you got to really enjoy him while he's here because I don't think he's going to be here much longer. I, I I really don't. The pass from Holmes to Kelsey and then to Tony was a great play. Which player? Oh, the the Buffalo Bills play. Yeah, yeah, no, that was awesome. Like super awesome. Two out, it didn't count. No, McKinnon is intentionally being underused. Mark my words on this. Reed is playing games. I, I don't know, man. I, I've seen some people say this. I hope not. Um. I know McKinnon is used a lot more for, like, the second half of seasons. We've seen that the last two years. Um, But he's been guilty of some drops, too. Uh, I I don't know, man. I mean, I guess, like, Sunday was his nice day where he didn't necessarily throw the pass, but he did have a touchdown pass, statistically speaking, and he also had a touchdown catch of his own. So is touchdown McKinnon back now? Because we remember what he did last year. When he just absolutely went off. Even finished the season with more catches than Tyree Kill. Touchdown catches than Tyree Kill, that is. I have noticed Mahomes is not running for extra yards anymore. He used to be more mobile. Is that maybe a new offensive coaching style between Vienna and Nagy? Yeah, that could be part of it. It's possible Nagy maybe stresses that a little more to Mahomes. And I think part of it, too, is, um, you know, look. I mean, if, if you don't need to run extra, don't do it. I think that may be part of it as well. With, the, um, with that situation, because you obviously don't want to get hurt, especially with the bad luck this year with quarterbacks. Um, you, it's a very long list. If I had to tell you the list off the top of my head, I am for sure going to miss them. I mean, even guys like uh, CJ Stroud, who's been playing great lately, uh, didn't play this past week. Um, Texans still got the win, but man, you're just seeing, uh, this has been a bad year for injuries, specifically the quarterback position. My wife and I noticed that as well. He seems kind of out of shape this year when he does run it, it he majority out of breath. My wife says him and Kelsey got beer bellies and no running skills cardio. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh I frequently thought maybe we are playing down and hiding our true self. Yeah, see, some people say that, but I don't know, man. Um I don't I'm not 100% sure on that kind of thing. Um, people, people believe in that stuff though. Um, I do believe in not revealing your entire play, but listen, unless you snap the ball every single second of a game, which is obviously impossible, it's still impossible to reveal your entire playbook, your entire game plan. Um, play, uh, football playbooks are, are thicker than I think some people realize. Uh, Ty says, I blame the general manager. Brett Veach for not getting number 15 better wide receivers. It's like give number 15, a Corvette with no time. Listen, I don't think it was for a lack of effort though. Uh, You look at what they tried to do with, um, with the whole Chris Jones situation. If they could have came to an agreement on time, it would have allowed them to get DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was waiting for a very long time. He waited, I think right up until training camp started for the chiefs um, like two or three days before. So I don't think it was for lack of effort, Ty. I think they definitely tried to attempt some things, but the Chris Jones situation prevented them from doing what they needed to do. What's up, Christopher? I see you. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tranquil is a guy they definitely need to keep. Uh, Keeping him and Nick Bolton, uh, they've been great this year. And I know Tranquil's been hurt at times. Bolton's been hurt at times. But whenever they've been on the field, especially together, um, both of the active, that is, you see a lot of good things with this defense. You really, really do. Christopher's is asking, what's this I hear about converting CEH into a wide receiver? I think that's just talk from fans online. It's just talk from fans online. No, I don't think that's really going to be a thing. Um, now you can line him up as a receiver. Sure. Um, I've seen Travis Kelsey line up a lot in, in um, uh, in places that you would normally see wide receivers. So, uh, you know, that that to me is is probably something you might see, hopefully. I mean, Cl- the thing is with Clyde edwards is he had such a big game, and on the same day with Canarius Tony committing his issues, it's like, man, um, yeah, you can see why CEH is gaining favor. Uh, <laughs> I never thought we'd be talking about that this year. CEH gaining favor this year from fans. Charlene says, still slightly salty. Chris Jones attended the Lions game with his agents. Yeah, And I know for people who are like, oh, he wanted to see the banner. Dude, your team is playing a game. Um, By the way, I was kind of hoping he would still continue his holdout into the following week because they went to go visit the Jaguars. And if you know the Jaguars stadium, they have a swimming pool there. I thought it would have been kind of like a funny image just to see Chris Jones in the swimming pool watching his team play while continuing his old out, but no, there's no way they would let a celebrity in that do celebrities go in that area of the um of the Jaguar stadium I don't know like and by the way, who watches a game from a swimming pool um me personally, the uh, the swimming pool in circa in Las Vegas. Um, my brother and I had a chance to go visit that area. Dude, that is the most overrated thing in Vegas. It looks cool, it really does. Like aesthetically, looks awesome. Cool, uh, great. Uh, I do wish it was closer to the Vegas Strip, but I know Circa and the owner Derek Stevens, uh, he has another uh property there as well. I think he has more than uh two. Uh, I don't know, but I know circa their social media team posts, a lot of pictures from circa and you can see the Vegas strip in the background. So I think they, they like that part of it as well. Um, Cause they are now the biggest thing downtown in Vegas, uh, Fremont. Um, but yeah, um, the a swimming pool, out of say it's almost like, you know, when you see these fancy suites at sporting events, um, they're cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, why are you paying that much money for just couches? And by the way, the couches don't let you actually see the game in person. You actually have to look at a TV. Yeah, you're at the stadium, but you're looking more at the TV than you are at the actual game. I know there's a place in Arrowhead. I don't remember the exact room, uh, but it's, they basically have a, a, a huge bar, but you can hardly you can't even see the field. Um you have to have to have to actually look at a TV. So it's like, man, you're better off just staying home and making something nice for yourself than doing that. I, I don't know. I got off on a tangent there, but oh well. Uh is it just me or does every single team that we play get away with grossly negligent holds against Jones? I try to watch him every play. Yeah, they, l- listen. Um uh, there's a family friend of ours who, uh, played, uh, at Mizzou and also played in the NFL for a little bit. And then in the USFL and he mentioned, look, uh, hold, penalties happen every single play. You, you can, you can call an offside more often than referees usually do holding same thing. I think you guys have heard this for a very long time. Holding happens on every play, but it doesn't always get called. Um, Now, there are some very egregious holding calls that do get missed. I I think that's what you're referring to, Robert. Yeah, that happens. I mean, I've seen the Chiefs get away with some of that as well whenever the Chiefs have the ball on offense. How much cap space will we have after Chris Jones? I got to be honest, Scott, I don't know that right now. Um, That would probably be more of an off-season discussion here. I want to see you have a contest to see who can actually pronounce your name correctly. Yeah, that we... CKM, we could uh, we could do a giveaway for that one. Um, I love people who like come and troll me too. Who are like, oh, Farzan, you your podcast sucks. It's like, um, and I'm I'm like very certain they don't know how to say the name too, which makes it even funnier. Marcus is asking, you think Patrick will get five more rings with his contract? I think you might say contract. Okay, so he has two right now. You're asking me if he can get seven with his current contract. So of the nine years remaining, including the current season we're in right now, um, you're asking me, can he get five more of the nine? I don't know, man. That's a bit of a tall order there. I mean, listen, Brady, uh, he got seven in 20, what, two years? Um. If, if, if you're asking me, do I think Patrick will get five more? Uh, that's a maybe. It's very, listen, getting to the Super Bowl is hard. Um, it's really hard. And even when they didn't have Tyreek Hill last year, they still did it. When a lot of people outside of Kansas City said, not even possible. Uh, with his current contract, no. I think that is, that is, you, you got to go to the Super Bowl every year, except for like two to be able to fulfill that two or three. Yeah, that is a very tall order, Marcus. I don't think that happens. Um, do I think he could get five more in the rest of his career? And I don't know how, how long Mahomes plans on playing. He's 27 right now. So maybe 10, 11, 12 years. I don't think he's going to play as long as Brady did. Um, Bra- Man, if you guys ever get a, t- get a chance, do a research on Brady's nutrition, his health, his body his exercise, all that stuff. It is some fantastic shit. Um, things that, you know, and you don't have to be like a nutritionist to really like understand a lot of these things, but man, you can understand why he played in the NFL for as long as he did. And the guys in his late forties now, and just takes a great, does a great job with his body. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, if they're not in their late forties yet, by the time they get there, they would like to look like Tom Brady. Um, and have that healthy lifestyle. Uh, Gwen says, gotta love Leo Chanel and uh, George says, Yeah, Leo Chanel has been awesome this year. He really has. Um, I think he had a big play against the Patriots too, where, you know, Nick Nick Bolton was lined up against, and I can't remember who it was, one of the wide receivers. And I'm like, whoa, this is a bad formation to be in. This could be trouble. And fortunately, Bailey Zappi's pass was deflected By Leo Chennault. I'd love to see more opportunities. for. I don't know if Leo Chenal and the Chiefs would ever consider switching him to a a pass rusher. And like as an outside, uh, not as outside linebacker, defensive end. Uh, Because I think he could excel in that role rather than an outside linebacker spot. I think he could seriously do that. If he was to do that more often, like he would be very good at it. Yeah, our entire linebacker corp is very good. Uh, Brent says, I don't understand why we keep rotating different receivers in for different plays. Mahomes can't get in a rhythm with anyone. Um, No, I've seen a lot of people bring this up uh, and, you know, nobody was really getting number one wide receiver type of snaps until Rasheed Rice the past couple of weeks. Um, So Rasheed Rice is a guy that's now getting a lot of those snaps. Now, who's number two? I mean, it's a different guy each week. Justin Watson seems to be that guy the most. I know MVS has been getting a lot of snaps still with the team. KT still too. Um, I, I think part of it is, here's the thing. I think whenever someone like Kader Sony costs a team with a drop like that, as a coach, you kind of want to punish them and and take them out. But then it's like, okay, well, then this guy makes a significant mistake and then you want to punish him. So it's like, it's hard to kind of go through that sometimes with these players. Uh, need to cut both tackles to save cap space. Uh, I mean, you're not going to cut, um, Donovan Smith because he's signed a one year deal. So, and I think people are very happy with Wanya Morris for sure. Uh, Jawan Taylor, boy, that is a very difficult one to do. He would have to agree to restructure. I know a lot of people say, well, you could restructure Jawan Taylor's deal. Yeah. If he agrees to it, um, that's easier said than done. Who knows how much longer we will have Travis Kelsey, maybe two. Yeah, I think um, if the Chiefs do win the Super Bowl this year, I can see him riding off into the sunset with Taylor and they can make babies, get married, have a very happy life. Uh, But if the Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl this year, I can see Kelsey wanting to come back for one more year to try to right the wrong from this season. But after that, I don't think he's playing. Uh, uh, After the 2024 season... I don't think Kelsey's playing anymore. It's getting to the point where, you know, I think these injuries are starting to catch up on him for sure. Um, And, you know, we mentioned uh, with, um, with Brady and how well he's taken care of his body and allowed him to play for so long. Kelsey's really done a great job with, with with his um, physical presence too, over the years, staying healthy. The guy hardly misses games. He misses entire rookie season. uh, And then he missed one game due to COVID in 2020 after that man he did not miss a game until this year. The the things that the things that he has done has been very impressive. Not a lot of players especially that position when you are, you know, as big as you are playing tight end, you don't do what what he does for as long as he does. And he's closing in on his eighth consecutive season of 1000 receiving yards, which obviously is a record amongst tight ends, but only 7 No, excuse me. Only six other NFL players, all wide receivers, have had eight straight seasons of 1,000 receiving yards. That's insane. That is insane. Santa Baby, the season for a fresh cut, is finally here with the sponsors of today's show. Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have just launched their fifth-generation lawnmower to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with Manscaped, and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using promo code Farzine 20 for 20% off and free shipping. Mrs. Claus. will thank you. What could be better than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs starting with the lawnmower 5.0 ultra. This is crown jewel of the holidays. And dare I say the best ball trimmer of all time. The electric razors advanced skin safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. Anybody in the family have too much scruff? Look no further than the Manscaped Beer Hedger Pro Kit and Handyman Electric Face Shaver for all his facial hair needs. Dad have nasty nose hairs? Save the day with the Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Is their boxer game week? Take care of the chestnuts and Manscaped Boxers 2.0 featuring their signature jewel pouch to keep you calm, cool, and collected. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FARZINE20. Say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. Um, there was an interesting comment during that break, uh, and I'm trying to do the math. On all of this. So bear with me for a moment. Uh, Okay. So let me just quickly read the comment here because this, I didn't notice this. Robert says, saw a stat that Kelsey Rice and Pacheco are all nearing 1000 yards. Not bad for a down year. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, So he's obviously referring to rushing yards for Pacheco and then receiving yards for Kelsey and Rice. So I looked this up real quickly. Pacheco, and these are for the last three games, on average, Pacheco needs 74 rushing yards per game, Kelsey needs 26 receiving yards per game, and Rice needs 82 receiving yards per game for all three of them to get a 1,000 yards. Yeah, not bad at all for a down year. Um, just shows that if you can get the right depth in place at wide receiver, man... um I think you're going to be in a good spot. And again, you're thinking about, you know, right tackle, Jawan Taylor. He's going to be around. That's going to be your guy. But left tackle, Wanya Morris playing a lot better than uh, the last two offensive tackles you had at, at the left side in, um, in Donovan Smith, who slide upgrade over Orlando Brown, who was just awful, led the league and pressures a lot last year and this year so far. Um, just bad. I, I think there's um there's a player I, I forgot for which team hasn't even played much, but might even surpass Orlando Brown in that category. But still, to be in that high two years in a row is awful. 100% awful. Uh, okay, uh, so we're gonna wrap up the podcast very soon. Uh, I'll read a couple more. Co- I'll, I'll read one more comment here. John says Kelsey has given Chiefs Kingdom as all the double and triple coverages. His age injuries are, are catching up to him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Offensive line has looked really good. uh, great first half of the season has been a decline since. Hopefully they pick it up when it matters the most. Yeah. And I think the interior offensive line taking a little bit of a step back, not too big of a step back, Robert. Um, But uh, the the play of Wanya Morris has been uh, nice to see for sure. Uh, I will say that. Okay. Going to wrap up the podcast doing a week 15 roundup here. Uh, Starting with Thursday night, Chargers. Uh, they scored 21 points. Uh, let's give it up to the Chargers for scoring 21 points. Yes. Uh, congratulations. They gave up 63 points. Um, and the Raiders are underdogs, 10 point underdogs in Kansas City. So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Brandon Staley, it's just, I think Brandon Staley was a good coach and got off to a very good start with the Chargers, but man, it went downhill. Uh, They went downhill last year. the 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 amount of fourth downs he went for, like, fine. I don't have an issue with that. But man, um, not being able to hold on to that lead, injured players in a game that didn't matter in Week 18. You just lost your team there. It's plain and simple. Uh, Bengals Vikings. I mentioned this one. This was an overtime win. The Vikings, too horrific. Uh, tush push attempts and that gave the Bengals an opportunity great catch by T Higgins I'm seeing a lot of people mention T Higgins go to Kansas City even cheese fans and non cheese fans I don't know if that happens I don't think T Higgins would do that Um, but who knows Uh, also from that Saturday slate of games Lions 42 Broncos 17 Uh, All I have to say about this game is Russ got cooked. That's all I'm going to say there. Uh, Bucks 34, Packers 20. The Packers hype train slowed down a little bit, just like the Broncos hype train. And I'll say this, man. I think think Baker Mayfield, he's having a really good comeback season. I think he's getting some vindication for how the Browns treated him and how they just you know, handled that whole situation. So, uh, I I've always liked Baker Mayfield. I really, I've always liked him. I've never understood the hate for the guy. So I'm really happy to see him thrive and succeed. Um, and I know Tampa Bay hasn't had a great season, uh, but they do have a chance. They do have a chance. And I think uh, this is an opportunity for Baker Mayfield to really prove a lot of people wrong again getting into the playoffs. Texans 19, Titans 16 in overtime. I mentioned this one, the Texans doing it without CJ Stroud, which is good because they are in a very crowded wildcard spot in the AFC. Rams 28, Commanders 20. I'll say this right now, man. I've always liked the Rams. I know they've been dealing with some injuries last year and also a little bit earlier this year. But they're coming together at the right time. And the NFC is not... I mean, the NFC is just not that good this year. So the Rams do have a chance... By the way, I think you know who your four division winners are. Um, The NFC East, it's a toss-up between the Cowboys and Eagles right now. Probably going to be the Cowboys. But... Um, whoever's going to have that number five seed, probably the Eagles. It's, I mean, it's not even going to be competition. The Eagles are going to, there's a big gap between five and six. So it's those last two, um, six and seven spots that are up for grabs. I would bet money that the bucks would get one of them and the Rams get the other, uh, the bucks. Well, the bucks are kind of in a weird spot with the uh, division. So maybe they end up winning that division. I don't know, but, um, I think the Rams for sure. Uh, can get in one of those uh, one of those spots. Bills thirty one, Cowboys ten. Listen, I know people are on the Cowboys case now because they were playing so well and Dak was in the MVP conversation, and now they're kicking the Cowboys while they're down. I still think the Cowboys are a team to uh, to be afraid of. I really, really do. Um, listen, the Eagles have lost three in a row and have not scored more than twenty points in either of those three games uh, that they've lost. So. You look at that, by the way, all the Chiefs' offensive woes, look at the Eagles who beat the Chiefs. Um, They've had offensive issues of their own this month uh, when the playoff race is heating up. So uh, a lot of teams have issues right now. We've gone over this before. Uh, Bills, they're uh, starting to catch up a bit. They're getting there. Seahawks 20, Eagles 17. We kind of just went over this. Uh, Boy, Drew Locke, Kansas City guy, Mizzou guy. Down the field on that game-winning drive. What a drive, man. Like You talk about a backup quarterback, uh, even though it was at home, doing it against a reigning NFC championship. uh, Reigning NFC champions. Uh, Nuts and guts, man. Uh, Big ups to Drew Locke because that was awesome. Uh, I hope Nick Wright puts him on the top of the Mahomes Mountain because he deserves that for this week, 100%. Week 16 preview, let start Thursday night. Saints at Rams. Saints have been very inconsistent after starting, well, the first couple of weeks. Rams have been picking it up lately. Give me the Rams on this one, and I don't think it'll be close. Rams offense has been playing great lately. Saturday game, Bengals at the Steelers. So I think this is Browning's only loss as a starter against the Steelers, and he's played much better since then, so I'm very curious how this one goes on Saturday. This will be a nationally televised game. By the way, the other Saturday game is going to be exclusively on Peacock, so if you don't see the game, that's why. Uh, Lions at Vikings. Um, Vikings have been up and down lately. They really have, and then the Lions, um, they're still the, the team to beat in that division, but I'm very curious to see how the Vikings respond in this one. I'm very curious to see how they do. Browns at the Texans. Man, the Cleveland Browns, you know, they lose Deshaun Watson, and you think they're going to fall apart. They're finding ways to win football games, and you have Joe Flacco now that's helping out this team. Uh, Really crazy to see, but um, the Browns are this weird team. They might be the dark horse team going into the playoffs. I don't know. Um, But when everyone least expects it, they're winning games. So if you're a betting person, put money down on the Browns. Why not? Cowboys at the dolphins. Okay. So the dolphins have yet to beat a team with a winning record. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are coming off an embarrassing game against the build where they just got dog walked by Buffalo. And I want to know how they're going to respond. So there's a lot happening here. The Cowboys need to find a way to respond and the dolphins need to prove that they can beat a team with a winning record. This is a toss-up one, man. I don't know who's going to win this one. Monday Night Football, Ravens at the 49ers, the two best teams in the league. Uh, 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 Number one seeds from both conference. Very curious to see how this one goes. Should be a very good game Monday night on Christmas night. Uh, Real quickly, before we get out of here, I did want to go over the... let me uh, pull, pull this up here. The schedules for the uh, top three teams in the AFC, because obviously we're uh, in a situation now where we have to scoreboard watch. So let's go into it right now. The remaining schedule, you have the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. Obviously, the Ravens have the number one seed right now. Um, Chiefs have the easiest schedule to finish the year. The Ravens. Um, they've got a very difficult task Monday night. We just went over that. The Dolphins have probably one of the tougher schedules to finish off the season. I'll say this right now. I don't think the Dolphins are beating the Cowboys, and I don't think they're beating the Ravens. Buffalo, that's a toss-up. But if you drop two of the three, and you only need them to drop one if you're going to win out if you're Kansas City. So I can see Miami losing two of the three. I see the Chiefs winning three of three. The Ravens, I see them. I'll say this now. I think the Ravens lose Monday night. Now, obviously, I I just said the Ravens or the Dolphins are going to lose to the Ravens. So I'm picking the Ravens to win in week 17. Uh, I know the Steelers' defense has not been horrible, but let's be honest. That's Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I don't think Kenny Pickett's coming back. So. Give me the Ravens over the uh, Steelers. The Ravens will finish off with the number one seed. uh, But the Dolphins, that's the team that I think is going to lose two of three. And if the Chiefs went out, that is enough to get the two seed. Well, if you have the two seed and if you win the wild card game, you're guaranteed a home game in the divisional round. At that point, Lamar Jackson's one and three in the playoffs. So... I'm totally content with the number two seed. You have to get the number two seed if you're Kansas city, because who knows what happens in the playoffs, who turns it up, who doesn't, who changes things. The thing that we know, and I know Lamar Jackson's played well this year, but the Ravens still are one and three in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think they showed a little bit more fight with Tyler Huntley against the Bengals than they did have in many of their games with Lamar Jackson. Um, If it wasn't for that fumble, they've got an opportunity to win. Now, if it wasn't for that fumble, the Chiefs don't beat the Bengals in the AFC title game the way they did, which I thought was awesome. But we'll get there when we get there. I, I just think ultimately, if the Ravens have the one seed, cool. But I don't know if I trust Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. That's my biggest thing right there. That's my biggest thing. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. My name is Farzee Vasugian. Thank you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefstone Podcast. For those of you who listen live on Facebook and on YouTube, thank you guys. Much appreciated. We will be back Thursday. Thursday is going to be a much shorter podcast because we did the uh, all of the, the roundup, the preview um and, and all, all the uh, other stuff with the offense we did all of that today so thursday's podcast is going to be much shorter Well based obviously we will break down the game between the chiefs and the raiders which will take place on monday so be on the lookout for that obviously we'll touch on any other chiefs news or any big nfl news that comes up for thursday night my name is Farz. Thank you all for downloading and listening. Please share the links with your friends. Let your friends know about the podcast. I am out. Talk to you Thursday.